The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, the show that is in your ears right now. Our show is really boring without questions from you, so I wanted to encourage you to call in 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can send us messages on Facebook or Instagram. You can email us using buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Please send in your questions as we get into the doldrums of the offseason. It's always hard to fill this time between the NFL draft and the start of training camp. We're going to give it a go. We'll be here every week, every Wednesday, giving you the best in Buffalo Bills coverage at buffalorumblings.com and buffalorumblings and buffalorumblings Q&A. So leave your questions now and you can be featured on an episode in the near future. Some thoughts from Rookie Minicamp this week, roster building, and a whole lot more. So stick around. We're going to start this week's episode with a little clip from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, the episode that I recorded last week ahead of Rookie Minicamp where I discussed which undrafted free agents do I think have the best chance to make the 2019 opening day roster. So this is a special clip from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Make sure you download all of our episodes from last week when we were talking about rookie minicamp. And uh, we've got a lot of roster movement over the last week. So all that stuff is on this feed at at buffalorumblings.com. But it's on the show Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. In this clip, I talk about Buffalo quarterback Tyree Jackson, West Virginia wide receiver David Sills, and Illinois kicker Chase McLaughlin, who I think have the best chance to make the roster in 2019. In general, I think Jackson has the easiest path to the roster, but I don't think that that is a given. 
If you look at the last two years, the Buffalo Bills have entered the regular season with just two quarterbacks on the roster, and right now that would be Josh Allen and Matt Barkley with Derek Anderson's retirement. In 2017, the Bills went into the regular season in Sean McDermott's first year as head coach with Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback, Nathan Peterman, the recently drafted rookie, as their developmental prospect, and then Joe Webb, the special teamer, wide receiver, all-around jack-of-all-trades, as their emergency third quarterback. But he played, like I said before, just as much special teams as he was in spending time in the quarterback room getting ready to, to pass the ball. Um, last year in 2018, the Bills went into the season. They traded A.J. McCarron right before the season started, and they only had the second-year player, Nathan Peterman, as their starting quarterback. They had Josh Allen, the rookie, as their developmental guy. And then it wasn't until a few weeks into the season that they signed Anderson to be the veteran backup, and then eventually Matt Barkley to be you know, another player that could play quarterback based on Josh Allen's injury. And then, of course, we had injuries to Derek Anderson, and it just became a whole big thing. So there was a lot of quarterbacks last year, but they went into the season with just Allen and Peterman. So I think the the path to the roster for Jackson is clear. He could come in and be that third quarterback, but I don't think it's a given that he's going to end up on that final roster. Obviously, the Bills made a push to sign him right after the 2019 NFL draft. They gave him extra money. They made him a priority and had him signed almost immediately after the draft. So it's obvious that they like him, but I don't know how obvious it is that they're going to have a a roster spot for him on the 53-man roster to start the 2019 NFL season. Sills is a guy at a position wide receiver that has a very clear shot at the roster as well. You know who the Bills are going to have in the position, at least at the top four, top two or three at the very least. John Brown and Cole Beasley, they signed this offseason. It's highly unlikely that either of them are going to be released. Zay Jones and Robert Foster both played over 90% of the snaps down the stretch for the Buffalo Bills in 2018. It would be surprising if either one of them is released. So that's your top four. They signed Andre Roberts to a pretty nice-sized contract this offseason to be their kick returner and punt returner. And he, of course, plays some wide receiver as well. So looking at that, you would think he's going to be the fifth wide receiver. So that leaves, what, one spot for a wide receiver that's not hasn't been listed already to make the team? Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Ray-Ray McLeod, and a bunch of other players that the Bills have added over the course of the last couple of years. You know, are looking at that position, and only one of them is probably going to make it. Victor Bolden Jr., uh, Duke Williams, Cam Phillips, Damari Scott, all those guys are going to be fighting for one spot, or probably one spot, as the Bills enter training camp in 2019. I do want to talk about McLaughlin, too, the kicker. I I think the Bills are legitimately interested in bringing in competition for kicker Steven Hauschka. He's expensive and had a really tough time down the stretch after being injured against the New York Jets. A lot of Bills fans are willing to give Hauschka the benefit of the doubt, and so am I. But he's going to have to earn it against a big leg kicker like McLaughlin, who was so accurate in college. If McLaughlin outperforms Hauschka, I can definitely see a scenario where he's the team's kicker going into 2019 and Hauschka is released. That scenario saves the Bills $2 million against the salary cap. That's a pretty big swing, pretty big chunk. But it also sets them up for the future, with Hauschka aging into his mid-30s. 
taking a look back at Sean McDermott's roster building decision making, the Bills had one undrafted free agent make the roster, the opening day roster in 2018, and that was Robert Foster. They eventually released him in favor of Cam Phillips, another undrafted free agent, and then Phillips underperformed, so they brought back Foster. And Foster, of course, exploded as the season went on. Levi Wallace, the cornerback, undrafted out of Alabama, did not make the initial 53-man roster, but was brought up after a couple weeks after the Vontae Davis fiasco and ended up playing really well, uh, playing his way into the starting role at cornerback. So the Bills, of course, have relied on undrafted free agents in the recent past. It wouldn't be surprising to see them have one or two undrafted free agents make the final 53-man roster in 2019. I hope you liked that clip from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, our breaking news podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings network. Make sure you're downloading all of our shows, Circling the Wagons podcast, Blitz Bills, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, and hopefully a couple new shows coming this offseason. Our next question comes from Facebook. Lior Melamed asks, what role does Christian Wade have on this team considering his age and raw football skills? Is there any precedent for such a leap to the NFL from a similar athlete? It's a really good question and one that we've been talking about a little bit since the Bills were awarded Wade on the NFL's international uh, program. Wade counts as an extra man on the Buffalo Bills roster, so instead of getting 90 roster spots, they get 91 roster spots this offseason. He has a free spot on the practice squad, but if they want to use him on the active roster, he doesn't get that same kind of extra position. In recent history, there's one player that we can kind of compare him to, and that's Jared Hain, who was a, a rugby league player who came over to the NFL as an undrafted free agent in 2015 with the San Francisco 49ers. He had a really nice preseason, uh, made the roster on the back end, was waived at the end of October in 2015, put on their practice squad, but a month or two later was re-added to the active roster. He played in eight games, uh, rushed for 52 yards, and caught uh, six passes for 27 yards, had some punt returns, but also had a bunch of fumbles because he wasn't used to carrying the ball like that. Uh, he eventually retired at the end of the season when the San Francisco 49ers made a change at their head coach. Um, the, the rumors are that he didn't want to play for Chip Kelly, who was coming in uh, to be the new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers that year. But he impressed a lot of the players that he played with. He was a natural athlete. He can see the field. And a lot of people are saying kind of the same things about Wade this offseason, even in just his limited workouts with the Bills during rookie minicamp this past week, is, is that he can see the field. He can anticipate where guys are going to go. He looked like a man among boys, or a man among boys, which he was. He's 26, 27 years old, somewhere in there. He's playing against all these 21, 22, 23-year-old kids at rookie minicamp with the trial players, undrafted free agent signings, and the, uh, the the draftees. So he looked like you know a professional athlete would look, and uh, he, you know he's he's definitely got a chance to 
um, impress some people. I don't think he's going to make the roster this year, but I mean, there's a free roster spot on the practice squad for him. I would anticipate that that's where he's going to land. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen beyond this year. Just to continue to run down a few other rugby leaguers who have made the transition to the NFL, uh, Jordan Mailata was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the seventh round of the 2018 NFL draft. He didn't play in any games as a rookie uh, and hurt himself on the team's practice field, uh, was placed on injured reserve in December, but he you know, stuck with the, the Eagles for the entire 2018 season as a developmental prospect at offensive tackle. Another recent player is Hayden Smith, who played tight end for the New York Jets in 2013. He only caught one pass in the NFL before going back to rugby, so not exactly a stellar career in the NFL for him. Of course, you can go back and look at players like Haloni Nada, Steve Tasker, Gary Anderson, who all played rugby growing up, but all had NFL experience or football experience by the time they got to the NFL. So it's it's not like you know their rugby success caused them to be NFL success stories. Um, we were just focusing on guys who who came to the NFL straight from the rugby leagues, and uh, those guys are have not been very successful in the NFL to this point. Thanks for your question on Facebook at Buffalo Rumblings. We'll be right back after this break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Our next question comes from at Crown Me Victor on Twitter. Sean asks us, is there a chance Brandon Bean is after Kyle Rudolph, even if the room is packed with the signing of Moral Stevens and Lee Smith? The Buffalo Bills have completely revamped their tight end situation this offseason, first by releasing Charles Clay, leaving only Jason Kroom left on the roster. They didn't re-sign or tender an offer to Logan Thomas. They were just going in a different direction right from the start. They signed Jake Fisher. They signed Tyler Croft. They draft Dawson Knox. They draft Taylor Sweeney. And just completely revamped their tight end room. And now, after rookie minicamp, they add veteran Lee Smith, 
who's a very good blocker, not the best, uh, most dynamic pass catcher, and uh, and an undrafted free agent in Morrill Stevens. After they added Stevens, they released Fisher, uh, probably more closer to the, after they added Lee Smith and they knew they had him on the roster, they didn't need a blocking tight end like Jake Fisher anymore, so they released him. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six tight ends in the room, but I don't think any of them are as good as Kyle Rudolph. If you bring in Kyle Rudolph for a year or two to help Dawson Knox come along, to help Tommy Sweeney come along, or just to play, you know, in those as your starter in in two wide uh, two tight end sets, things like that, I think it would be a great addition to bring him along. But the Bills would have to trade for him and probably sign him to a contract extension. He's apparently broken off talks with the Minnesota Vikings after they drafted Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama in the second round of the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, Rudolph is a guy that would fit their model to a T. He'd be a great locker room presence, a, a great veteran in the room. I think they paid Tyler Croft to be that guy. So if they could get Rudolph in the fold on a cheap deal, I would I would love to see it happen. I don't think it's likely. I think it's way more likely that the Vikings kind of sit around and wait it out a little bit with Rudolph and, and a, a needier team at tight end might come get them. Maybe somebody gets hurt um, in training camp or something like that, and the Vikings are able to swing a trade with with their guy. But I, I don't think the Bills have that desperate need at tight end, though for, for me personally, Rudolph would, would definitely be an appealing asset to add to the, the arsenal of the Buffalo Bills offense. Thanks for your question. On Twitter, at Rumlinks Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. Chris Dayfler at Swangin' Bangin' on Twitter asks us, Who wins in rookie camp at the chicken wing eating contest? My money is on Cody Ford. I think Ford is a good choice. Just looking at the rosters for rookie minicamp, Ford comes in at 329 pounds. He's the second heaviest player that was at minicamp, just three pounds behind Penn State. Offensive lineman Chaz Wright, who is at 332 pounds, but 6'6", so he's a big boy. Um, They didn't have anybody on the defensive line. That was over 306 pounds. They didn't have any other players that were there. But here's my dark horse candidate, Tyree Jackson, who spent time in Buffalo, knows the good places to go for wings, knows what level of sauce he can handle. I think he's a dark horse for winning the chicken wing eating contest at Bill's rookie minicamp. Another guy I would never count out is a fullback, Sam. I I don't know how to say this. Sion Butcher from Iowa State, 242 pounds, 6'3", um, just like a corn-fed country boy probably. I don't know anything about him, but I'm never counting out a fullback in these type of messages and, uh, and matches. So there you go. It's my very scientific look at the chicken wing eating contestants in the Buffalo Bills rookie minicamp. Edson Schaus follows us on Instagram at Buffalo Rumlings, and he asks us, while looking at the comparable athletes to Cody Ford on MockDraftable.com, 
I noticed that first on the list was Jordan Mills, which was kind of scary. Why should we think that Cody Ford would be a better right tackle than Jordan Mills? Do you think his position versatility to play both guard spots almost guarantees that he might wind up starting at guard this year? It's true that Mock Draftable has Mills and Ford closely uh, compared. Another player, Jamon Brown, um, if you just look down the list, not a great look at offensive tackles that Cody Ford matches up against or measures up against well. All that is one of the reasons we projected Ford to be a guard before the draft, but the Bills seem intent on playing him at tackle. Uh, here are some of the people we compared him to before the draft. Um, Oakland Raiders guard Gabe Jackson, Carolina Panthers right tackle Darrell Williams, which is kind of important since the Bills uh, employ Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, who were with the Panthers when they took right tackle Darrell Williams. And then Cordy Glenn is another name that came to mind. Uh, let's look at Williams for a second. He was 6'5", uh, 327 pounds, projected to play guard in the league because of weak athletic testing. That measures pretty favorably with Ford, who's 6'4", uh, 329 pounds, with 34-inch arms. The 34-inch arms are important to note because Buffalo has been going with really long arms for all of the offensive tackles that they've signed or drafted since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean took over. So I think that they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. I don't think he's going to end up starting at guard in 2019. I think the Bills want to give him a big shot at right tackle. And he would have to be absolutely awful during training camp the preseason for them to move him inside to right guard or something like that. Um, of course, that is a possibility, but the Bills want to play him at tackle. They moved up. They were trying to move up into the bottom of the first round to get him to play right tackle. I just think that they really, um, they're going to really try to give him a huge shot at right tackle this offseason and into next offseason, even if they do move him to guard at some point out of necessity or something like that. Plus, they have a lot of players that can play guard right now, a lot of guys who have been borderline reserve starters type things, and uh, they don't have a huge ton of depth at tackle like they do at guard. So they're going to want to play him at tackle, um, and he'll have to be absolutely terrible for them to move him inside and play in guard. Thanks for your question. On Instagram, at Buffalo Rumblings. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to let you know about a special project we've got coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks. We're doing an Ask Me Anything episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A where you can ask anything. It doesn't have to be about the bills. It can be about the site. It can be about me. It can be about Avengers. I mean, it can really be about anything you want. Ask me anything for a reason. You can start sending in those questions now at 716-508-0405 on Twitter at rumblings Q and a on Facebook, Instagram email is Buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. It's an ask me anything episode of Buffalo rumblings Q and a coming up as always subscribe, tell a friend. Thanks for listening and go bills. Thank you.